Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I'm your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we are speaking with Michelle Tilford. Michelle is an advocate for educating people about the benefits of cat-assisted therapy, both as handlers and for organizations that might benefit from team visits. Michelle has experience as a handler for nearly five years and is a founding member of the Facebook group, iCat, International Cat Assisted Therapy. Through iCat, she has had the opportunity to meet handlers from around the world and learn about the different approaches and programs. Working with her own cat and learning about the work of others with their cats has been remarkable. She says remarkable because cats and what they can do never fails to amaze her. The joy she has received from watching the eyes light up and problems melt away from the people she visits makes her wonder who really benefits the most, Michelle or the people she visits. Welcome to the show. Hi. So it sounds like you have really found your calling. Um, can you share with us how you got started and how you got your, your passion for therapy cats? Well, you know, it's kind of an odd thing because um, back in San Diego, all my friends were doing this with their dogs, but I've always been a cat person. My uh, husband at the time is a doctor, and he mentioned that a group, the uh, San Diego Humane Society, came in with rodents, rabbits, rats, guinea pigs. And he thought it was such a marvelous benefit for his patients. He said, why don't you approach them about a cat? So these were pretty early days. And I really had no idea about how to do this. You know, can you train a cat? So I found a woman who trains service dog dogs who also happens to breed rag dolls. She's completely registered breeder. She does large animal rescue. And uh, she, long story short, agreed to take me on. So I would go every Saturday adopting one of her um, kittens to work. You might say that Kokoro, whose name is Hart in Japanese, was kind of born for this because we picked him right from the beginning. Very outgoing personality. He's a true people person. And she was the one who trained me, not the cat, to do this. So she took what she had known from her her dog experiences and sort of tried to apply it towards a cat therapy role? Yeah, she did. This woman is a regular Dr. Doolittle. She uh, has a farm in, uh, I guess, the mountains, Ramona, California, and she just has a way with animals. So she was very valuable in trying to do this. She had never done this with anyone else. So... A lot of that did involve, you know, just basic desensitization <laughs> and getting the cats comfortable with their other surroundings besides their, their normal territory. Right. That's the one thing that I think is probably the hardest thing for us to imagine with regards to therapy cats is that many cats aren't particularly comfortable with changing their, their place. Or maybe that's a bias that we have 
as people, we think, oh, well, dogs go everywhere and cats, you know, stay at home on their on their pillow or their cat tree and, and wait for us all to come back home at the end of the day. But maybe that's not correct. You know, are there certain cats that are better suited to that or or could any cat, you know, be a therapy cat? I think what it is, cats are generally very territorial and they are very comfortable with what they know. Yet, I had this experience um, when I lived in Queens where there was a, a, we could never trap them, feral cats in the backyard. And one of them approached my husband. And Pepito decided, you know what, I think these humans are the better way to go. Because the other cats, you couldn't even get near them. This is many years ago, before I really got too involved in cats at all. And I see this. Even if you go to adopt a cat, there's always going to be the kitty. And we generally do suggest that you use a cat that's a year old or so, because their, their personality is established. That will be more outgoing, just like people. So I would say, you know, just to... To recap, that cats generally are not as outgoing as dogs. Dogs, you know, as we all know, like to have a whole gang of them. Cats, not as much. So um, if somebody was interested in having their cat become a therapy cat, what, what's the process in that? Okay, well, if your cat has a, an outgoing, curious, calm personality, the one what we start with is desensitizing your cat at the same time and we only use positive reinforcement that i cannot stress enough in other words you want to emphasize the good thing that your kitty's doing and not the negative but you don't you basically ignore the negative stuff or you use deflection kind of like with kids so you you say well you know if you do this you'll get a tree or a praise a big part of it is is figuring out your cat's motivation. So we start with getting your cat used to a harness. There's many different types of harnesses. Also creating a safe place that travels. So you really want them to be comfortable in their carrier. And on our website, we actually do have instructions. And there are always people on call to help with the questions that you might have. And this is on the cat therapy page. The iCat is a private group by invitation or request. And the fan page is an open public Facebook group. And we we do pretty much have people around the clock that will answer your questions, as well as information on the site already. So the best way, yeah, is to get them used to a carrier And then you start taking them in a nutshell because it does take time to actually do that. Two to three weeks to do each new thing, depending on your cat. You start bringing them places to get them used to going out of their territory. Interesting. And is there, there's a difference. I know, you know, there's therapy dogs and then there's service dogs. Is there any confusion around that with regards to cats or is everybody pretty much on the same page talking about therapy cats? Yes, that's a big thing. And it it all started with a few, um, well, not started, but I think it came to a a really unleash the torrent of misinformation with YouTube videos of um, their delightful of an autistic child with their cat. I think they're in the tub. It's like, oh, great. So now everybody wants what they think is a therapy cat. There are actually three different groups. 
They're emotional support comfort animals. And, and these are all um, definitions provided by the Disability Act site. And, and those, you generally, all you need is a note from your doctor. Don't buy anything. Don't go to the websites that say they're selling them. The certification or registration or whatever they call it, it's not necessary. As we may have heard, airlines have been cracking down on what constitutes a therapy cat or comfort animal. And those are just a personal pet that somebody will have. And not to say that they can't do wonders. They are wonderful. And they're not trained in anything particular. They're just there, as the title says, to provide comfort, calm people down. And it can be any animal at all. Cat-assisted therapy or animal-assisted therapy are teams. It's the handler and usually their personal animal, though there are programs that have in-house animals. And they are trained. They have to understand a few basic commands for cats, be leash trained and carrier trained and be comfortable with loud noises and outgoing. And they like being touched, you know, and and they, they can do marvelous things. Some of them are even used in actual therapy. I know in Germany, they, they really utilize cats in a very incredible way. I wish I had some examples. And that could be another person for you to interview. Celebrating the welfare of all cats. The International Cat Association is the world's largest genetic registry of pedigreed cats and the number one registry for non-pedigreed cats and kittens, known as household pets. Whether you adopt or shop, the International Cat Association is the one-stop shop for all cat lovers. The International Cat Association is more than 6,000 members in 104 different countries who all speak the language of cat lover by helping make an impact on the health and welfare of all cats. Members serve to educate and foster responsible spay-neuter awareness in local communities and are active volunteers at local animal shelters and outreach programs for schools and or senior and disabled citizens. The International Cat Association members also take active roles in numerous citizen advisory groups to foster responsible legislation regarding the health and welfare of cats. To learn more about the International Cat Association, go to www.tica.org. Do you struggle with self-care and taking time for yourself? Recharge and reconnect with your passion at the Rescue Me Retreat, a four-day, three-night getaway for animal caregivers, volunteers, and activists that focuses on managing compassion fatigue and burnout. During the retreat, you'll be surrounded by a small group of people that share your passion for helping animals. You'll be given a safe space to talk about some of the struggles that are inherent in animal welfare work, plus the opportunity to slow down, relax, and have fun. The Rescue Me Retreat will be held from June 29th through July 2nd on beautiful Lake Michigan and includes healthy meals, nature hikes, massage, group activities, and discussions, one-on-one sessions with compassion fatigue therapist Jennifer Blau, access to the beach and water activities, yoga, and more. Learn more at thecompassionfatiguepodcast.com slash rescue-me-retreat and get $100 off if you register before April 1st. You spend so much time taking care of others. You deserve this. I was thinking about other countries and whether or not they embrace you know, cat therapy or use it very often. And it sounds like you, through the Facebook pages, have been in touch with, with organizations around the world. Yeah, 
We do. And, and before we get to that, the last thing are service animals. And so far in America, only dogs and miniature horses are recognized as service animals. They are highly trained by professionals and they help people with specific tasks. But yeah, getting back to your other question, it is kind of amazing. Singapore has a huge group. You can follow them on Facebook. Yeah, basically, we, we really only get the books that are on fa- the groups that are on Facebook because that's where we are. But I know they're very active. There's one in the UK. I'm not sure about Canada. And there are other groups like bunnies in a basket. It's it's not just dogs. It's um, parrots. Parrots have been great working with um, veterans. There was a whole article about that in the New York Times maybe a year ago. But cats, cats seem to be much maligned still. There are a lot of hospitals. And also the other thing about animal-assisted therapy, most of the time we visit institutions. Yes, sometimes you can do what are called home visits. When I was in San Diego, the San Diego Humane Society had something called Welcome Wags. Oh, and nice. I was part of that. Pardon me? That's a, that's a nice nice title. So they, you, you'd go and visit folks' houses? Yes. We had a standing visit where we would um, drive to a, um, a residence home, you know, senior residence, and visit with the same person because she didn't feel she could take care of a cat, but she really wanted something every week. But that's not the normal. Normally, you're going into retirement homes, schools, libraries will have reading programs with animals, which are so beneficial for kids. There's another program called Reading Rover, which is, I think it's national. And that, obviously, with the title is a dog. We were actually being trained except for then that's when Coco decided he didn't want to do this anymore. And that's about outreach to kids, especially in the city, who have never had an animal, and they don't really understand how do you treat animals, which I thought was kind of fascinating. And it's all done through books, and you have your dog or your cat there to introduce kids to the positive benefits. So they're really very diverse. There's so many things we do. I, we, we visited juvenile delinquent facilities, mental health institutions. I have to say San Diego has one of the best programs in the country. They have two campuses and they have their own van. You don't need to have a pet to go out with them. And, and they're remarkable. And they go out twice a day, every single day. It's a massive program. That's that's a tremendous uh, gift to the community. I would say, I would also assume that you know you can't just as an individual say, "Hey, I'll bring my cat to the local you know senior center or whatever." There's certain rules and regulations that we all have to abide by. Yes, exactly. Organization really stresses getting your animal certified. In America, we have Love on a Leash and Pet Partners. And I would go into their requirements and their fees to have this training and done, but it's a little bit different with each one. And I actually went directly through San Diego's Humane Society, mostly because their program is incredibly comprehensive. And what it required for us was Coco had to be leash trained, carrier trained, obviously exhibit the right personality, follow a couple of commands like stay down up um he also just does tricks 
because it's cute. <laughs> he's a real puppy cat. <laughs> and he's he's quite a clown. And also he certified by your doctor has to write him the vet has to write him off. And we had to go through an evaluation with the director of the program. And because they go with a team, there's three of us. There's a lot of support. Generally, the other organizations, because you're basically going out on your own, you have to do a certain number of uh, supervised visits. So it's not just getting a cat and taking them someplace. It actually involves a bit of a commitment. And I would say the most important thing is really getting to know your cat, understanding their safety has to be number one, and you really have to understand what they need. You know, are they tired? Are they grumpy? Do they want to stay a little longer? All these kinds of things. I think that's probably one of the best things is that relationship, that bond that the handler does form with their partners. How, how long does a standard visit last? Is it just an hour or do they stay like half a day? How long can a cat last? That's a really good question. And I can't completely give you an answer other than referring back to what I said about really being able to read your cat. At the San Diego Humane Society, they limited all, and we had a whole crew of not just Coco, but probably six to seven of our, our our rodents who went with us 20 minutes and we would do two places. Now you're that involves traveling. So you're probably out for maybe four hours for him, the whole visit going to the volunteer loading up the other animals, blah, blah, blah. Some of our volunteers bring their cats out for an hour Coco has done educational outreach here in East Bay. And again, we were out for two or three hours. But again, they take a break anytime they look like they want one in their carrier. You know, you have them hop back in and say, oh, Coco needs a little rest. So it really kind of varies. It also depends on your cat, kind of like people, you know, they're all different. Mm -hmm. We had some times when I was with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society where we had adopted cats into nursing homes so that the nursing home, you know, had their own cat for the whole facility. They were not necessarily trained as therapy cats. We would just sort of identify them as having a good personality for that environment. But now I'm thinking about it, they probably... As you said, I mean, they, they aren't necessarily therapy cats because they're living in the moment. So there may be more of a assistant cat or, you know, a companion cat or whatever. But, but still, some of those therapy tools are helpful. Absolutely. And I think in a situation as marvelous with that is probably the only difference is the cat is leading the program maybe in that situation. And they might choose to visit this person or that person. Just as if you're walking down the street and, you know, a stray cat will come out and say, hey, you know, or who they're used to. I really believe animals have such an ability to get people. They have an intuitiveness, which I find amazing. I know that makes me sound super cat-centric, animal-centric, but I'll go with animals any day when it comes to the truth. And I think that they... That is such a valuable thing that you guys are doing that because it makes it can make such a difference, even with people who, quote unquote, don't like cats. My mom never liked animals 
and I, she's, I'm her caretaker. And I'll hear her in the other room talking to Coco. It's like they're having these entire conversations. She's 86. <laughs> that has got to be a benefit. Or the time at one of our visits where they're saying, oh, this was in a group setting. And there were many seniors there with their wheelchairs in a circle. And, and the, the aides are saying, oh, don't bother with her. She hasn't talked in a couple of years. And I said, well, she looks like she wouldn't mind. So I placed Coco on her lap. And do you want to know all of a sudden she started to talk? The, the aides were amazed. They're kind of magical. So you never know. Yeah, it's, it is fantastic what animals can do to folks. My mom is 85 and we're discussing getting her a cat because she's had cats her whole life, but taken a little bit of a break. And now we're at a point where she is in the house a lot more. So we're thinking a cat might be a great great companion for her. Yeah, I agree. So, and with that said, I just want to reiterate before we close out that it's really important that people hear that a therapy cat can be a cat from a rescue. It's not a, it's not a purebred cat. It's not a special, whatever, something or other cat. You know, you can adopt a cat from a local rescue and have that cat trained as a therapy cat. Absolutely. I would say 98% of our cats are adopted from rescues. They, 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 they definitely. Yeah. So Michelle, if folks are interested in finding out more or joining your Facebook page, how would they do that? I can give you links on the podcast. I believe we're the only ones called Therapy Cats on Facebook. That's it. And if you'd like to, if you're really serious it's ICAT, International Cat Assisted Therapy. And you just go for an invite and ask a few questions and you're in. And it's a very welcoming group. Again, it's international. Don't worry about if English isn't your first language. Or that if you even don't have a cat, we can help you in that process. Michelle, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? I think it basically, you are the one who benefit for this. It's Another excuse to have a kitty cat, of course, like we need one. But what I would get back when I volunteered was immeasurable. It really was. And can't, can't stress it enough. That's excellent. Michelle, I want to thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show. And hopefully we'll have you on in the future. I would enjoy that. And it was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to a Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 